This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Yo, what's up? Welcome to the Kind of Funny Games cast. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr. Joining me is Boss Baby himself, Barrett Courtney. Is Dave the Diver an indie game? Don't get me started. <laughs> we also have the Nitro Rifle himself, Andy Cortez. No, it is not. But the term has changed so much over the past couple of years, Barrett. Welcome in, everybody. Welcome in. Welcome in. I'll say it is an indie game. I would say it's not an independent game, but that's not mm. a conversation for here. That's huh. a conversation you can check out on KFGD that went up on Monday. That was me and Andy. Or you can go back a week and listen to Gamescast where Greg and Andy almost fought. It, I, 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 I love that that was the conversation uh, last week that inevitably led into the, the nomination announcements today. Also, very fascinating stuff. Like, I like... I'm not fully committed to one or the other. I, I, I see where uh, uh, Andy the Nitro Rifle Cortez is coming from there, but um, yeah. This is, I also it's like that that's the heated conversation. Because yeah. like, I forget how it even start, started. Where I feel like Greg brought it out of nowhere. Of like, we're having one conversation, and then like mid-conversation, Greg turns to Andy. He's like, Dave the Diver's not an indie game. I'm like, where'd this energy even come from? <laughs> I think that it maybe happened on a different games cast, possibly mm. a, another episode of something that we had done in the past. Mm. Where I was just, you know, making my point that I think, uh, eh, we don't want to get into it. <laughs> Let's, not get into it. <laughs> Let's not get into it. Of Let's course, not. this is the Kind of Funny Games Cast, your weekly gaming podcast that you can watch live on patreon.com slash kind of funny or later on podcast services around the globe. Remember, you can use that recruiter code kind of funny on all Epic Store and Epic in game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support the channel. To be a part of the show, head to kind of funny.com slash gamescast to write in with your questions and more. And remember, patreon.com slash kind of funny will get you the show ad free plus a bevy of bonus content. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Jackson Hampton and Delaney Twining. Today we're brought to you by BetterHelp, but let's start with our PlayStation Portal review. Ooh. So, again, it is me, it is Barrett, it is Andy. Greg and Tim are gone on assignment. What's that assignment? Getting attacked by snakes. <laughs> Getting attacked by snakes and or a secret meeting in LA. I don't know what's going on. But it's us three. Mm. I had the PlayStation Portal over the weekend. Mm. I'm... The person reviewing it of course greg is going to come through for ps to love you and i'm sure greg's going to continue to talk about it forever mom said it's my turn to play with the playstation portal yeah mom said this weekend <laughs> it's my turn to play with the playstation portal hashtag um, provided by playstation thank you so much for that yes uh the playstation portal has been uh, provided by playstation for review uh so i've had a weekend with it i've played quite a bit of it mm. i played probably like in total maybe somewhere between 12 to 15 hours yeah so because you got you Got your uh, your uh, portal and the your portal and your your earbuds on Friday, right? Thir Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, so you've had a good weekend with it. I've had a good weekend with it. It's funny because like going into the weekend, me and Greg have had the conversation of yeah, like I'm kind of looking forward to the portal. Greg's very much looking forward to it, but I'm right. somebody who like. I've used remote play before. I've mm. enjoyed remote play, but it's not my main way to game. Greg uses remote play all the time, so yeah. that is his bag. Mm -hmm. um, He's a backboner. He's a, he's a backboner, yeah. And I'm somebody who, you know, again, like I was looking forward to hearing Greg's thoughts on this. I'm still looking forward to hearing Greg's thoughts on it. But going into the weekend, I found myself 
fascinated with this thing yeah. in a way where I'm like, yo, actually, let me look at the schedule. We're recording Gamescast on Monday. Let me just review it because mm. one, that'll get it to y'all sooner. And the way this thing works is like, you know, the sooner we make this kind of content, the more clicks it's going to get because that's how y'all work. Um, but then also, you know, like, I, if I don't review it here, I don't think PS Love You would have been the review necessarily, just because mm. PS Love You don't record until later in, in, uh, into the week. So we and, and that's why I'm excited that you're here today to to kind of review it because you're not the super enthusiast uh, case for this, like yeah. Greg would be. You're just kind of in it just for the fascination of new PlayStation tech. Yeah, and so like I think that's where I'm starting this review off is I've been very fascinated by the PlayStation Portal and specifically the audience response to the playstation portal because i've been keeping an eye on ps the love you numbers and the fervor that the audience has to like learn more and understand more about this thing is kind of surprising like mm. our playstation portal unboxing i think by the second day had like the same amount of views that you'd get out of a big game review out of us it is kind of shocking how many people are really new hardware excited. gets people excited yeah, yeah like new, uh, new hardware gets people excited and new yeah hardware like, gets people hard mm -hmm. i I'm I've been in, I've been surprised by it because I feel like the PlayStation Portal is such a niche type of hardware. Yep. And even after playing it throughout the whole weekend, I still think it's a very niche kind of hardware that I love. Like I've been mm. enjoying the heck out of this thing despite qualms and despite issues and all that stuff and we'll get into to all that. But I think my biggest thing is if you're somebody who likes remote playing, which again is a niche like is a small percentage of us, um this is the best way to remote play. You know, like in the past, I've tried to remote, remote play on my Steam Deck. I've tried to remote play on my phone. And I've had, like, good experiences ro remote playing all those things. I remote played on my Vita. I remember when Persona wow. 5 first came out. I remote played the hell out of Persona 5 on my Vita because I was like, oh, this is a Vita game to me. Uh, and so, yeah, out of all the different devices that I've used to remote play, PlayStation Portal has been the best one. And it's for obvious reasons. The screen is really nice. Gorgeous. Yeah, it's gorgeous. You guys are seeing it right here, right? Yeah. And it's not OLED. But, it but is, like you have Sea of Stars on here right now, and I had that moment where I was like, "Is is this OLED?" Though? Yeah, like, I, I colors think, pop on it. I I have not seen the Rog Ally in person, so I cannot put this in that comparison. But I would say this is the best looking non OLED portable display I've seen. Yeah, like I when I think of how the Switch looks, when I think of how the uh, the Steam Deck looks, when I think of how other like third party type of like ROM hack uh, machines look, this display just shows that Sony knows how to do hardware, man. They know how to make things look good. Mm -hmm. And it made me even more interested in the idea of their monitors. Cause I know they have gaming monitors that like InZone brand. Yeah. Um, and it kind of like, oh shit, maybe that's a possibility now. Cause otherwise I just would have likely gone with LG or Samsung. Yeah. And so the screen looks good is that it is also the meme of the PlayStation Portal is literally just a dual sense cut in half and then stuck onto onto a screen. It's that, but it also feels great. Like ergonomically, yeah. if you like the way the dual sense feels, you are getting that one for one experience here. It's not like a weird like even like I love the Steam Deck, but even the Steam Deck can feel a little weighty, right? Yeah. Um you know, the the Wii U gamepad is like a, a a weird feeling thing and I would think picking this up it would kind of feel like that but yeah. it, it, it doesn't, doesn't. like it, it feels still, high quality like when i look at the um the steam deck or the switch or many handheld modern handheld devices we get like a lot of them are shaped like rectangles right and they have the ridges in the back to help them feel a bit more ergonomic but playstation said screw that like we're actually just going to have the like the shape of the dual sense right and so it's not a rectangle the only rectangle on here is the screen right but then when you get your hands on the controller part 
it is shaped like a dual sense and it feels right yeah like it doesn't feel like i'm holding a weird handheld thing it feels like i'm holding a dual sense i gotta assume there were a lot of their industrial designers going like but we have all these really cool designs for a handheld thing and they're like but what feels better and i agree like holding that feels better than holding any other portable i've held but that's because those portables have to be kind of chunky because they're also housing really powerful hardware inside of it that isn't just streaming, um, you know, from the cloud or yeah. whatever. And it comes complete with the DualSense features too. And so it has haptics. The haptics feel real nice, right? Like you have the adaptive triggers. You have all that stuff that you'd expect. Sticks are a little bit smaller, right? If, uh, the, um, compared to a normal DualSense? I don't know if they are. Like, is there a DualSense in here that we can grab? Andy's running. Because I've not been able to notice. I will say, after playing, uh, spoilers for later on the show, um, I've been playing some Alan Wake 2, and I was playing it Mm -hmm. last night, and these definitely, I was playing on my dual sense, and these definitely feel smaller. They feel smaller? Okay. Yeah, I'm curious on the one for one. Hold them up a little bit. There it is. Look how small they are. Yeah, because I've not been able to notice the difference. Small little nipples. But I've also, like, now, it's been a while since I've held an actual dual sense. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a good weekend. Yeah. But yeah, I passed over that dual sense. yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are definitely. I mean, yeah, you're right. They're, they're smaller. But, like, not by a whole marginally. Lot. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're a little bit smaller. It's not like dropping down to the Vita's sticks. Them, exactly. Yeah, it's not even like, it's not even dropping down to, like, a Switch, right? Yeah. It's like, if if you didn't look at the at the comparison, like, I think you'd it'd feel like the same thing. Oh, they look very similar. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, yeah, like, the form factor is great. Um... The like it has a speaker to it. The sound I think is is decent for what's coming out the speaker. Mm. Can you still um, walkie-talkie your friends? You, uh, yes, you can. Because they have Greg, the come in. Button. Hello. You can probably talk to him right now wherever he's at. Yeah, they got the microphone button. He's always got that loaded. So yeah, like form factor is great. The battery life is fine. Like I what I think I'm I played continuously for like three to four hours, maybe like at longest five hours before mm. I had to charge it. Which honestly, for a PlayStation thing isn't that bad like, it's like comparable it kind of to a dual sense you know? yeah it's like comparable to a dual sense in that way and so you know battery is fine um i played a lot of cocoon this weekend right and like that's been my thing so for the games that i've gone through i played the entirety of cocoon on on this i then once i beat cocoon started playing sea of stars i played about two and a half hours of sea of stars on this thing how often were you charging um i had to charge it full Two or three times. I think three times. Because Cocoon's like a six-hour game. Yeah, Cocoon I, I beat in like six hours. And then, yeah, with Sea of Stars, a couple hours. Like, I think I found myself char- charging it full about twice. Like, twice and a half. But you played Cocoon fully uncharged? Fully all the I way played, through? Yeah, I played it uncharged. I did. I mean, I had to charge it partway through my game. Okay, okay, my gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I p- played Cocoon. Played Sea of Stars. I played... I boot up Spider-Man. I played... Um, fifa like a match of fifa i played street fighter and i've also played on my home wi-fi my home internet connection and also on the kind of funny wi-fi on the kind of funny connection reason why that's important is because i have two different wi-fi experiences between being Mm. at the office and being at home and but both wi-fi instances you're still connecting to your playstation 5 back home i okay so i'll get into it Mm. so let me start off with the weekend which is where i was playing at home I am playing off of my home PS5 that entire time. My home PS5 connected through Ethernet, and I have great um, internet connection through my Ethernet. My Wi-Fi at home sucks. Yeah. And that was my first um, worry with this thing, is that I would have to deal with my own bad connection, and that like this thing would just be a piece of junk in my house because I wouldn't be able to play anything. Um, I invested in a Wi-Fi extender for my home just because of this. I was like, all right, cool. Like, if I'm going to see if I can make this work, I might as well extend my Wi-Fi, see if I can get that um, uh, working. Yeah. And it did work 
for the most part. Like yeah. a good 75% of the time, I was having a great time. And then there was the 25% where my Wi-Fi was giving out and it, it did, did then become a struggle to play mm -hmm. on my PlayStation portal. Were you having to like restart your internet or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, a, a couple of times, right? Okay. And that's not me. That's not on the portal. That's more so just on how demanding it can be on the kind of internet it wants. Yeah. And then also what just is the remote play experience. Because mm -hmm. I think the big thing for me with the portal is that there's no changes to how remote play works. Remote play works exactly how remote play has always worked. And so if you've tried playing remote play at home and you're getting a certain type of experience, that is the same exact experience you're going to get playing on this thing. It's not like an enhanced level of remote play. It's not like this thing is connecting to the internet better than your phone or anything else. Um, really what you're getting the portal for is the form factor and the convenience of mm -hmm. like the like how this interacts with the PlayStation. And a nice screen that's like slightly bigger than a phone. Yeah, and a bigger yeah. screen than a phone, right? Like yeah. all, all these things I think are cool. I've also all more preferred like separating my phone from the game. I've like, I've anytime I've thought about doing any sort of cloud thing, I'm like, well, but I, I want to have my phone. What if someone texts me? I don't want to interrupt right. the game, all that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like with that, the internet situation was very hit or miss for me where Again, if you don't have really good internet, especially Wi-Fi, because you are connecting this thing to Wi-Fi, uh, you're going to have some struggles. Like, I, there are times where I, I would get disconnected from my PlayStation. I'll get the little icon pop up that is unstable connection. Like, we're going to disconnect you. Um, you know, like, that was probably a good 25% of the time. The other 75% where I'm playing Cocoon, I was surprised by how often I forgot I was playing remote play. Yeah, when this thing worked at its best, it was actually a really cool way to play this game. And Cocoon being a game that's not demanding of reflexes, right? It's a puzzle right. game. You are taking your time. That was the perfect kind of experience for me to play with the portal. Mm -hmm. When I would boot up something like Street Fighter, again, at its best, not bad. I would never play online like that, right? I was mainly just fucking around in practice mode. Mm -hmm. But, like, doing that was even impressive playing on this thing. And that's me doing that, that at home Wi-Fi. When I got in today, I started playing this thing on the work Wi-Fi to see what the comparison is because work Wi-Fi, incredible. Mm. Like, Kevin, I don't know if you have numbers for what our up and down is, <laughs> but um, our Wi-Fi here is really good. And also my, my work PS5 is connected along with my home PS5. And so I did both. It's also, I, I think we have a more solid strength throughout the entire building compared to like our apartments because Andy and I deal with something similar where it's like, I can do remote play like on my phone in our apartment if I'm in the living room, like ten feet away from our router. But if I'm in my bedroom, I have to be able like, to see it. Yeah, yeah. like if, same for me actually. Yeah, yeah, I should mention that is yeah when I'm playing in my bedroom, that's where I have the most struggle. When I'm playing in the living room, I get like it's better overall, but I still get a bit of um, weirdness. It's mm -hmm. why you know I had a um, some homies over at Astro and Logitech. They send me over the Logitech G Cloud thing. And, uh, and I tried it. I was like, I, I knew it wasn't going to work, but I still tried it out. I was like, this just doesn't work. Which, by the way, I should probably give it to one of y'all because not only am, am I not really using that as my method of play, but I just know that in our apartment, like I've tried it. I tried xCloud on my phone back in the in the beta days. And even when it got progressively better and people were kind of talking about how great xCloud works now, it just still doesn't work yeah. uh, in my apartment. Uh, bless. The numbers for the office just right now on my phone are 400 down... 400 up symmetric pretty good okay yeah so pretty, pretty good, good. and like so quick question like have you guys thought of just getting an ethernet and getting like a cheap wi-fi like um modem? we need you to come over kevin yeah i, I need you to come hey, over hey guys i'm available i'm available let I me know, know. i'll wait, come wait, wait, and make wait, your lives better what do you mean like a modem for my room yeah just put a little wi-fi bubble in your room Ooh. right because like that's can you link me to one of those because like i have like, right like, now my ethernet cord does 
go all room. the way into my room. Yeah. You're talking about like the the Google Nest stuff or whatever kind of yeah. I mean, or like it, Euro but it doesn't or whatever. even have to be that. You can just get like a like a sixty dollar Linksys uh Wi-Fi modem. Put we, it in because like you only need one device to connect to it, right? Yeah. That's true. But it, it would have to be there's a lot of like weird stuff. We we've tried stuff like that. Um that we haven't been able to get fully into our bedroom, but that's a conversation for another day for sure. Yeah. And so while playing at work, I did the thing where I connected my PS5 at home and my PS5 at work. Both of them worked great. Um, have, you tr- have you tried doing, because uh, uh, I imagine in both instances, your PS5 is um, plugged into yeah, Ethernet. Ethernet, yeah. Have you tried uh, just to fuck around and find out, like having your PS5 only on Wi-Fi? Oh, no, I'm not, I yeah. didn't try that, but I, that's an, automatically, an automatic assumption of this is going to be garbage mm-hmm. if I play it that way. Yeah. That's the thing is like, I think, and this has just been remote play in general, because I guess that's the thing is I used to do remote play back in the day, and there I would have it be where my PS, PS4, I guess at the time, was through Wi-Fi in my home, or my um, remote play device I'm also doing through Wi-Fi, and that shit was just was not worth it. Like, it was, it was a hassle, and so that's not a way I would recommend it. The other thing that I found um, interesting, and this is again to the remote play thing, not necessarily to just the PlayStation portal, is playing like a third person action game, like a Jedi survivor. Mm. I, it hurt my eyes a little bit just for like how stuttery it could be. I did the same same thing with Spider-Man 2. Um, like it's playable and you can get the job done. It is far from how I would recommend playing those games. Like those are games where I would say, hey, just play it natively because it, it, I felt like I was getting like 25 frames per second on Spider-Man, um, if not maybe lower. And Can you like, imagine the parry windows in Lies of P? On no, that? my God. <laughs> well, last thing is for, They're already tough. For Sea of Stars, right now I have Sea of Stars booted up, and Sea of Stars has a parry system where if, if um, an enemy attacks you and you time your hit at the same time or you're hitting X at the same time, then you get to block it. And I'm missing it way more doing remote play than if I played it on my PlayStation, right? And so there's a little bit of latency it's not the end of the world if you're playing the right games on this thing. And mm. I think that's the thing that matters. If you're playing games that don't need that quick reflex, right? If you're playing games that are a bit more laid back or a bit more like puzzly or a bit more uh, like a turn-based RPG, then I think it is a good time. Mm. So like that's been what my experience is. If I'm throwing out um, complaints, no Bluetooth is a bummer. No, I've been That is wild. Yeah. But maybe it's one of those Nintendo Switch things where they forget that they had it. Yeah, they're like, oh shit. <laughs> Three years down the line. Hey, we're turning on Bluetooth. Yeah. Like, Firmware. Ryan's like, do we add Bluetooth in the thing? And Mark Stern's like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> I had it on my to do list. I forgot about it. Um, I have been playing it alongside with the, uh, what do they call these things? The PlayStation Pulse Explore earbuds. Mm. So, what do they connect by? These connect uh, with pl- PlayStation Link, is what they're calling it. So, so it's still wireless, but it's like... It's wireless, but it's like PlayStation's own link technology. It's, 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 blu- it's Bluetooth, but different. It's that Bluetooth for proprietary. It, but here's the thing. I wouldn't, be surpri- I wouldn't be surprised if in, in a year, no joke, like they do a firmware update to add Bluetooth to, uh, to this device because out of the gate, they want to try to sell yeah. it. Yeah, in fact, I might even Google to see because I wouldn't be surprised if they said it's they're It's Bluetooth without it. the E, like Blu-ray. But here's the thing. Here's, here's where this actually is kind of, an, kind of nice is these um, the PlayStation Pulse Explorer earbuds, they connect uh, to the portal via the Play- PlayStation Link thing, right? They also do connect Bluetooth to other devices. And Ooh. so I am listening to podcasts on my phone while playing uh, PlayStation Portal. That's playing pretty Kikun, cool. And yeah, it works cool. seamlessly. Mm. And honestly, it's, it's my favorite feature so far. 
Like I've listened to so many albums while also just playing games on my PlayStation portal. And I'm listening to both things at the same time, like two devices at the same time. And you don't get that out of like many Bluetooth um, yeah. earbud devices. Wait, so, so it is Bluetooth 5.0, which allows you to do that, right? With two devices. Oh, is it? I, I, I think so. I just think that PlayStation is just making it so you can't connect to their, which is such bullshit. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. <laughs> That's some Apple shit right there, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, some Xbox <laughs> stuff. And like, come on, guys. We're better than that. Because like your only other options then, if you don't get the um, earbuds right, is to do wired. Because it does have a um, headphone jack in here. Mm. If you're a caveman <laughs> that has a 3.5 hey, millimeter so, headphones. Some of us, you know, have really nice headphones at, at home that just plug in. Right? Yeah. So you either do that or there is a speaker in this thing that is mm. decent. So you, those are your two other options if you don't have the PlayStation Link um, earbuds and you want to go um, Bluetooth. Did um, you ever play with an extended amount of time with the speakers, or it was just like fuck? No, because like go the, I, I mean, I had the earbuds. Yeah. The earbuds work so nicely, and so and moving on to the earbuds, right? Like I like these things a lot as well. Um, they're kind of bulky. That's one of my main complaints. Um, my other complaint is that like I think the sound quality is good. It's not the best um, earbud quality that I've had, right? Like when I think about the best experiences I've had, I think about Sennheiser. Like Sennheiser has um, earbuds that are not bulky. They're kind of small. They're The sound quality is fucking chef's kiss. And then also it ha the, um, the Sennheisers have control on the earbuds where you can tap and like pause your music, play your music, uh, pick up a call, fast forward, like do all that stuff. Um, you don't have any controls on these earbuds for Bluetooth functionality. You do have control for controlling volume on the PlayStation portal specifically. And like there's a button for you to connect to the PlayStation portal. But for actual Bluetooth control, you don't really have any of that out, out of these, um, uh, the earbuds. And so aside from that though, like I like them a lot. How much are the earbuds? Oh, that's a really good question. That's, that's probably a Google. I'll say probably I'll assume it. like two hundred bucks or something like that. But to to so to bring it back to the portal, from what I gather, right, it's not really a reinvention of the um, remote play wheel, but possibly the better best iteration of what we've had so far. Yeah, like that's the thing is, if you know what you're getting, if 200. you understand, yeah, it's two hundred bucks. There you go. If you understand what the Ooh. PlayStation Portal Ooh. is and that speaks to you, then yes, I recommend it. Mm. If you're like, if you're somebody who's on the fence or you're like, hey, I just want another way to play or whatever, I'd be like, eh, look into it a bit more, mm. right? Like, just make sure it's for you because all the information you need about this thing is out there. Yep. For what it's doing, for what it's trying and attempting to be, it's great. Like, I think it, 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 it completes the job. A four right? out of it five on the it. kind of funny scale. And literally, like, I would call it, I would say it's a four out of five on the kind of funny scale. Oh. I think... For the mission that it sets out to do, it achieves. I think the big bummer is no Bluetooth. Um, and also, I think it's a weird device, right? Like, it not having <laughs> native cloud stuff, you know, being able to play games on the cloud and all that stuff, I think that's weird. But if you're somebody who really likes remote play, if you're a Greg Miller out there, I think it's an excellent device for that. Mm. Um, yeah, this is the luxury piece of hardware for the remote player that wants the best experience possible. Mm. Yeah. Do you, do you think uh, it's... It's on us to put a PSA out there that this is not like a um, kind of just a handheld, like a, you can play games locally on it. Because I, I do wonder and fear a little bit of like how many people are going to try to pick this up like for Black Friday for their kids or something and think it's like just a singular yeah. device and then the I kid mean, doesn't have a PS5. On some level, that's on them, right? On some level, it's like, do your research on what you're buying. But on the other but level, my like... my grandma's so old, she doesn't know what to research. Yeah, on the other <laughs> level, it's just like, yeah, it's such a weird device that I would... If my sister bought this for her kids, I'll totally understand her being like, hey, why can't, like, I bought them the PlayStation and they can't play PlayStation games. And I'm like, do you have a PS5? No. It's like, why? You can't why? be buying shit 
like this without mm. asking questions. I mean, yeah. shit, you're going to get questions asked if, to buy a controller, like much less a device like that that does it. Well, but he has a PlayStation 5, so what would this be? Mm. Well, this play, it's, it's Yeah, I'll yeah. put it almost more on the Best Buy employees to, to let the <laughs> buyers know, like, hey, you know you have to have a PS5 for this, right? And I only trust myself as a Best Buy employee. So yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Employee um, of the month, everyone. Some quick questions I'll throw in here because some uh, people wrote into kindoffunny.com slash gamescast. Gary Gutierrez writes in and says, how's the lag slash latency? One reason I want it, uh, like everyone else, is to play in bed. Uh, how does it run multiplayer games? Uh, I want it mainly for Fortnite slash NBA 2K slash EA and some indies. So to the multiplayer game question, it runs multiplayer games like your PS5 runs multiplayer games, right? They work. Now the question is, are you down to play multiplayer games with a little bit of lag? I would say don't do it. Like, I would say that's not a good idea. I think for multiplayer, you want to have the best connection possible. You want to have that like split second reaction. And I would say stay away from that. But test to- shit out on your phone first. Yeah. 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 If you really want to know, test it out on your phone. Yeah. You have a free way to, you have a, essentially a free trial to test out all yeah. that Wi Fi stuff. Yeah. And to the same thing with how's lags, has latency. Test it out on your phone. It's going to work pretty much the same way. Um, but like for me, at its best, it actually works pretty good. Um, and again, I'm picking and choosing the kind of games that I play on it. But for the most part, like when I'm playing a Sea of Stars or I'm playing a Cocoon, I'm having a pretty good time. And, and just a heads up, the app, uh, I don't know if it's called something different on Android, uh, but it's called PS Remote Play for those there who like, want to check it out. Um, I, I, my brain is so broken by this point just by the amazing fast power of PC gaming with insane monitors that like when we did the Starfield stream and I was playing keyboard mouse on the TV. Mm. I was like, this is awful. And that's like not even and, and that's not even like a wireless connection. That's just like PC into a TV, TV lag yeah, playing yeah. on 60 hertz. I'm like, <laughs> fuck, this is terrible. And that like I'm the type that whenever I have tried cloud stuff and I hit that A button and I feel what feels like a millennia <laughs> passes between me seeing the character jump and me hitting the button, mm. it's really, really rough. Um uh, but I think it's great for stuff like Sea of Stars, you know? Yeah. Michael Paraski asks, how's the volume? And that's I'm actually not Pretty good. Oh, that sounded the like game. chocolate rain. I thought it was Chocolate rain. Um, Y'all, you, you should play Sea of Stars. This is for the soundtrack. Oh, can yeah. I do it your mic? Um, yeah, I'll do it in the mic. Very I'll cool. So, uh, the song sounds cool. There you go. Is that yeah. as loud as it goes? That's as loud as it goes. Like, I think it's a good volume. The sound quality is... What is what you expect it to be? Like the speakers yeah, are small. Not it's not the best sound quality. But when you try to go any higher, it's a, it like sends you a link to buy the PlayStation earbuds. <laughs> yeah, it's like, just get these. Just get these. Uh, John Kellogg uh, writes in and says, Mr. "Can Kellogg I, <laughs> Mr. Kellogg himself, wow. says, can I play a game on the PlayStation Portal while my wife watches Netflix on the PS5, or must the console be in standby for remote play?" What happens is that it's just mirroring your console, and so right now. I believe if I, I forget if I'm doing my work PS5 or my home PS5. Say I'm playing off my home PS5 on this thing right now. My monitor at home is on. Like mm. my PlayStation 5 at home is on. If, doing if the exact same thing. goes onto your PlayStation 5 at home and puts on Crunchyroll, it's just. Crunchyroll will appear on this thing. Yeah. Like if Kaim goes home and starts moving my controller at home, it's going to affect oh, word? Yeah. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's, it's, mirror, it's, it's a mirror. And oh, so wow. you, you cannot watch Netflix on your PS5 and then play remote play. Or play, yeah, play Portal remote play at the same time. You can just leave your monitor off too, right? I could also just leave okay. my monitor off, yeah. Um, and then Michael Paraski writes in and says, was there any stuttering as you're playing uh, from your Wi-Fi? Yes. 
Um, and the last one from Johnny Salas says, uh, hey, everybody, I have a question. Uh, I feel like everybody wants to know, or at least should want to know that I'm sure you'll get multiple times. In my research, it's been hard to find an answer. Does the PlayStation Portal work better at remote play than any other device? Do you find yourself getting a more solid or and less laggy connection than you would with your phone or tablet? Love y'all, Johnny. Again, as far as I can tell, it's not uh, the remote play functionality isn't working better than any other device. That said, like it is nice to have a device that I turn on and immediately it knows that I want to remote play to a PS5. Mm -hmm. And so it skips a lot of steps of like you having to turn not on your phone. Like five minutes to like connect your phone. Yeah, yeah. like, you know, opening up the app, doing this thing, doing that thing, right? Like as soon as I hit the on button, the first thing it tells me is, hey, do you want to connect to your uh, PS5 at home? I press the X button and it automatically goes and it takes a second to connect to it depending on how strong your internet is. And then it goes. Does it ever drop in, not only just lag, but do you ever see a drop in visual fidelity with yeah. Wi-Fi issues? Um, a lot of artifacting sometimes. Okay. Yeah, the worse your Wi-Fi, the worse that stuff is going to look. And so, It's such a weird product, yeah, because I, I just know of, it's, I think the most your mileage may vary product in gaming. Because everybody's house situations are so different, everybody's Wi-Fi situations are so different, and it's not like... It's not like playing a game off of a, uh, like, you know, if I'm sitting in front of my PlayStation with my PS5 connected to Wi-Fi, the game's still going to look good, but you might, you know, that guy may have killed you and you didn't even see him. You're like, oh, what the heck? Wi-Fi lag or whatever. Mm -hmm. This is, like, different than that because you are pulling the image from what the PlayStation 5 is doing. So it's not only going to feel delayed, it's also going to start to look like garbage and 240p yeah. suddenly and back to 1080 or whatever it is, you know? Yeah, I'm going to... I'm gonna bump out of this. I'm gonna bump into. Ooh, this is my. Okay, this is my work PS5. What do I have on here? Do I have Spider Man installed? Do I have Spider Man installed? Uncharted Five on there? <laughs> no, I do not have Uncharted Five. <laughs> um, oh fuck, I don't have Spider Man Two installed. Liza P. Ooh, let me see. Because I want to. I want you guys to see how a 3D game looks like. I like. I. I. I I've tried remote play with. Uh, I think it was Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, it was like, it came out that winter and like, you know, like during the winter breaks, Alyssa and I are usually hanging out in the living room a lot. So that was like one of the, um, that was like one of the few times I was like, all right, I'm in the living room. Alyssa wants to hang out in here, but I want to play Valhalla. So I tried it out. And yeah, I, like even on my phone, like it would look decent in some parts, but then yeah, if I've got a lot of enemies around me and stuff, it's like not the best. Or if you get, just have a lot of really high definition movement, like Sea of Stars looks great because it's a pixelated game that yep. is static and we're watching like just one battlefield where the camera is not moving. But yep. as soon as you add elements like a moving camera where trees are now affecting the bit rate of how that quality is coming in. Yep. Okay, I got Armor Core 6. Foliage is the number one enemy of a lot of these games. Unfortunate. Or, or a lot of these devices. Uh, Armored Core probably be up there as well with the amount of just fast paced trash yeah. on the ground and yeah. buildings and everything. I mean, that's going to be the test right now. Honestly, I'm in the menus for armor core six. And I think right now the internet is interneting. Like everything is looking crisp. Six right two now. one. Can you angle it towards me a little bit? Uh, yeah. No, yeah, it's on, it it's looks on great. Loading. It's on <laughs> there it is. I was like, it's a black screen. <laughs> <laughs> you got like some one. Yeah. Oh, like, it's a loading screen. Once yeah. it goes back, I'll show it to you. Oh, here we go. Once there's movement on there, we shall set to blaze the fire. Do a little of jump. Rubicon. We see a little jump. 
I mean, it looks really good. It looks, yeah, yeah. It looks really good on Let me that. see that good shit, enough, though. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, okay. <laughs> see, like, Let me see it, dude. Here's, okay, so right now it's running at best case scenario. Yeah, this is like the best Wi-Fi, wow. the best, best situation you'll ever have. My PS5 is connected. I how to play this game. Armored Core 6 is a very fast-paced um, AAA-looking game. played like eight games since Armor, Armored Core. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I'll, I'll let Andy um, mess with that for a second. And while I let him do that, I want to tell you about patreon.com slash kind of funny over on patreon.com slash kind of funny you can go you can get the show ad free and speaking of ads let us tell you about our sponsors this episode's brought to you by BetterHelp. this time of year can be a lot and it's natural to feel some sadness or anxiety about it i can't even count the amount of nights i lose sleep because i just can't stop thinking and my brain just won't stop talking therapy gives you a place to do that so you can get out of your negative thought cycles and find some mental and emotional peace and it can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. Some of my best friends use BetterHelp and love how helpful it can be for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash kind of funny today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash kind of funny. We're back. And Bear Courtney, mm. you've been playing... Alan Wake 2. I, I have been. Uh, it was daytime on Saturday, uh, the non-scary uh, hours, and I was like, ah, these are the safe hours to actually start up Alan Wake 2. Um, not a huge horror game guy. Uh, I make uh, exceptions here and there. Obviously, uh, The Last of Us is a, a weird one, right, where it uh, mm. presents as a horror game, but it's so much more than that, so like, I, I feel like it's worth it to... Speaking of The Last of Us, the background. Oh, that's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. Um... I find it worth it to endure the horrors to get what the the story brings and stuff like that, right? But when it's just like horror games, Resident Evil stuff like that, I'm not, it's not usually my fancy. Um, even when it's just bad vibe games, you know, mm -hmm. Control, bad vibes, like creepy office really? building. I hate like there's something about a fucked up office building that just I'm just like nope. Noped mm. out. Uh, and so it was that and also the terrible map of control that like I played control for a little bit because uh, Andy was, you know, hyping it up back in 2019, uh, nearly five years ago at this point, which is crazy. Uh, and I noped out of control pretty early. I, wanna, I would say like two hours in or something like that. Uh, I'm a little over three hours in Alan Wake and I'm, I'm really digging it. Like, Hell even yeah. dude, despite like the scary like being chased by a big naked man holding a tree trunk swinging it at me and stuff like i'm just really into the weird meta stuff where it's like i i played like the first uh i was listening to the the giant bomb cast i think and they're saying like oh if you can last through like the first like sequence of uh alan wake 2 like the first 15 minutes like you should be fine. You should be okay. Which yeah. uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna press a hard doubt on because I talked to Andy off uh, off screen. Oh, he's man. he's in a section right now that is really messing him up. Um, but after like doing like the I essentially played till the title card of like the big Alan Wake two and it, like I got like hyped up and I never played Alan Wake before and I. I don't really know all of the lore with like the, all, the remedy universe and all this stuff. And I immediately paused and I watched like a recap of like 
the Alan Wake yeah. universe so far. Did you do the GameSpot one? Which I one did the GameSpot like? video. Yeah, which shout, shout out to the GameSpot crew for doing like a whole kind of like breakdown between like Alan Wake one, the weird like live American action, Nightmare. yeah, American Nightmare thing that they shot like a little bit after the first Alan Wake. Uh, they brought into like a little bit of the context of uh, Control. Um, they didn't bring up Quantum Break at all, which I find interesting because yeah. I think um, they confirmed it's not in the. It's not. No. But Sean Ashmore is in Alan Wake too. What's going on there, Dude, man? No. Can I, when I tell you, I had a brain blast moment. His last name is Breaker. It was like it, it is. Was, it was like the second or third time where I saw that character, and I was like. Are you from Quantum Break? <laughs> like I never, not, I not never are played you from Quantum X Men. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you. I was like, wait a second. This guy's an actor. Like I know this yeah, fucking guy. Yeah. And then I had to look it up. I was like, you're the guy from Quantum. And I was like, are you the are you the guy from Quantum Break? And no. And so I'm I'm really early on. I'm only like a little over three hours in. I'm in like the kind of first like chunky section with uh, uh playing as Alan because you can go back and forth between uh Alan and Saga I haven't gotten to the point where I'm, I can choose which one I'm playing as so I'm still like mm. pretty early on but I'm, I'm really digging it despite all the creepy horror stuff going on there's just something about the weird meta stuff where it's like the first time you're playing as Alan and you start in like an interview with Mr. Door and then you know he you have to like kind of play it again, but this time the interview includes Sam Lake, the director of Alan Wake yeah. 2, who is an actor in this universe who is going to be playing uh, Alex Casey, uh, a character that Alan Wake uh, uh, writes uh, in his book series. But then it's funny because in the Saga universe where you're playing a Saga, her FBI buddy is... Alex Casey played by or face uh, stuff by Sam like and it goes deep it, it's just like one of those like what is reality what is going on are any of these people even real were mm. they conjured up into existence by Alan it's all like really cool stuff like the first thing that really got me and the thing that I was really surprised about was like you had told me Andy like like before when I was telling you like oh I think I want to start this up you're like you cannot play this around Alyssa Alyssa uh, my wife like really hates like gory stuff kind of gets into mystery stuff though and so I was yeah this is that true crime kind of vibe yeah and so I was explaining to her like the the stuff that I learned in the recap and like what I had played so far in like the first hour uh, at that point and she was like this actually sounds kind of interesting. So last night she was like watching me play it and like, you know, I had the sensibilities of like, Hey, I think I'm about to fight like a really scary boss, maybe like tune out for like 10 minutes. Uh, but she's getting into it as well. of All of like the weird mystery cult things that are going on. And uh, so that was like the, the big surprise of just like us kind of like having this shared thing of just like, what is going on here, man? Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm digging it. My, my biggest criticism, and this was something I had to, uh, text our friend Ari about was like not understanding how like the light mechanic works. Like the, there's like these enemies that are called the, the taken, which are just like people who are being like taken over by the, the, the darkness. Um, and you have to like, kind of like stun them with like your, your light, like not just point the flashlight at them, yeah. but like you intensely point your flashlight at them with R1 and it kind of push the button harder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like it, it breaks their shield, but I didn't really understand that it was like a shield that like I was breaking. I just thought it was like a, just like a like stun, stun kind yeah. of thing. So like in my first boss encounter, which is the, the guy I talked about earlier, the big naked man, uh, uh, I forget his name, uh, but he's a Jeffrey. Uh, Nightingale, thank you, a significant uh, character from the first game. Um, like, I was really confused, and, like, the horror stuff of, like, being chased around by this big dude was really terrifying for, like, the first, like, minute and a half. But then after that, it started to wear off, because I was like, 
what the fuck? What am I? What is the gameplay loop here? I was really confused by that. Um, and then uh, yeah, I texted our friend Ari, and and she was like, no, this is how it works, and all this stuff. So, um, besides that, like that was my only like that's been my only gripe with it so far. Uh, but now that I understand that, I might have a little bit more of a an easier time, like you know, with enemy encounters and stuff. And we were talking about on Games Daily earlier today of just like the what is it the the mind place or whatever mm-hmm. um it, it is very like handholdy for sure it is very much like all right you you didn't put this card in the right place find where to put it in the right place so saga can like kind of put it all together in her head uh and all this stuff but i i don't mind it it it, it kind of it sets the tone and the vibe uh more so and i'm yeah. You know, I, I really also love just story. Like, I just like a recap of story. Also, yeah, like I don't, I don't mind it as a recap mechanic to keep me in the loop because they know I wasn't paying attention during half the cutscenes. Yeah, and like shout out to like some of the music. I don't know if it's all original or anything. Yeah, like it the, is. the the interstitial like music that plays in between chapters. I'm like, god damn, they yeah. went hard yeah. on. And this, they man. get they get even better and better. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I don't I don't mind the case board being a recap at all. I just thought it was going to be more. Mm-hmm. I think with how involved and how present it is all of the time, like the amount of times you end up having to go back, especially in recent chapters, I feel like I I end up taking like 10, 15 minute breaks away from the gameplay to go back to this case board. Mm. I, was, I was just hoping that it would be uh, a little bit more puzzle oriented. I was hoping that there would be more moments where I'm having like, this, oh my God, I can't, bu- holy shit, no way that that thing connects to this. Oh my, it's really just, I'm putting the card next to... The, this card says uh, banana, so I put that near yellow. And this card says tomato, so I put it near the red card. Like, yeah. mm. I was just hoping it would be more than a more sophisticated, more involved Mass Effect codex. Mm. Uh, it's essentially a lore board. Yeah. And that's cool. I just wanted a bit more from it, uh, especially with how much you have to end up using it. Um, I'm a decent amount further than you into the game. Mm-hmm. And how many like hours do you know? Uh, uh probably around 12, 14 ish around there. Um I'm having a great time. It's very scary. And obviously, you know, when I stream, I I play up how much I'm hating the experience. I think it's just so it's so artfully done. Remedy knows what they're doing. They're great at knowing what looks good and knowing what's good about their presentation. And mm. I enjoy their I enjoy the puzzles in the game. I enjoy having to make this light go away and suddenly that door's open and that sort of like all the in-world puzzle stuff, totally digging. I do think that the map system still suffers from what Control did. Like it's still, it's not as bad as Control by any means. Don't get me wrong. It's legible. (laughs) But uh, I still find myself having to open up the map button. Uh, the maps often. make it feel like the areas are much bigger than they are. So it's like, oh, I'm over here. I got to walk all the way over here. And then I close the map and I walk like 10 steps. It's like, oh, shit, I'm already over Yeah. Here. So it disorients me. They do way. a decent job with like signposting, just like Control did. But um, I'm the type to always need to bring up the map anyway. And I just, I, I would much rather just like... A little radar up top or just just like the the compass thing yeah that, dude you know. oh my, i would love a compass so yeah much. yeah I'm, um, I, I'm with you on the map where the maps are meant to be like these like oh you picked up a map in a grocery store and like or grocery like a you know convenience store right and it's like it looks like a map that you would read in real life almost but i'm like i would prefer something that's simplified and just tell like tell me exactly where i am and like in relate like tell me the paths i can go down yeah uh, i think it's because it's a foresty area too it makes it tough to i i also clear. i dropped the difficulty to, to easy yeah, I, I, about this last mode. week um just Too scary i mean it's 
I guess I was just getting more frustrated with the amount of bullets it took to kill a normal ass taken. And I was like, I don't mm. even want to deal with what a know what a boss fight is going to feel like. Um, Dude, and so when I tell you that those checkpoints, like I, I'm somebody who I like, I usually stick to normal because um, I'm stubborn. The checkpoints almost broke me where I was like, I don't even want to do this anymore. Like the gameplay is mm. fine. Like the gameplay, the gameplay is good, right? Like serviceable. It's, 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 I think the gameplay is totally fine. Like yeah. I am not a, I think of when I think of control and how much more fun I had with that as a, what After that game combat. is doing with combat. Yeah. Like that yeah. game was just so, so much I'm more doing, enjoyable. I'm doing like a, I'm playing a game where I'm like gameplay wise is fine. Good. And then you're kicking me back so far when uh, i die i'm like oh, the game man. does say save often even though you can only save in certain spots yeah that's the thing is like, i'm like i'm like praying to god that i find a what a coffee safe thermos room, yeah, yeah, safe yeah. Room. and i'm like dude i'm about to like, i i almost turned to easy because of that yeah, yeah i uh, i think it's a very good game i don't know if it's going to be super high on like any of my personal like you don't know list. if it's going to be a contender for you i think it'll be a contender for sure i just don't think it'll be a, mm. in the upper echelon yeah. like a lot i think a lot of people think of it way more highly than i do i would probably be around the four out of five mm. if yeah. i were to, I think I'm in, to give it the kind of funny score i think i'm in the same boat probably and that's more it's all it's more so because like the last few hours of the game i wasn't as into like i was surprised i was like oh snap okay i thought i was gonna like where this is going more um but right now like for my contenders, right on my top 10, I have, what, Spider-Man 2, Alan Wake 2, and I think probably now Cocoon fighting it out. I'm like, I don't know which one Damn. I'm going to put on there. Because I look at the rest of the slots, and I'm like, everything's filled. Yeah. And like one, I think only one of these games might cut it, and I have no idea which I'm going to go I, for. Damn. Part of me wonders if, like, as much as I love Saga as a character, I think I would enjoy the game if I was, or if they took some of Alan Wake's mechanics and put them into Saga's gameplay, because yeah, I like the, they're... It's, taking the light and like messing with like other rooms but, and stuff. But not even that because their equivalents of their uh, the Alan Wake's case board equivalent to Saga's case board is a lot more game mechanic involved where you start to re rewrite these stories in a very, very cool way. It's like, I'm stuck in this nightmare. I wrote this story. What if I took the, what if I made the world around me change to the horror vibe of this? What mm. if I made the world around me go to the cult side of things. And when you change mm. that, it drastically changes the world around you. It is mind blowing how fast it works and how beautiful it yeah. looks. I think their art direction is so fucking phenomenal. But I, again, for them to have two very similar, uh, I mean, I call them similar, but like that's what we're looking at where it's like Saga's case board is a, I put down cards board next drop. to the word that, you know, is close to it. And Alan Wakes is like so much more involved and so much cooler. I wish they were a bit closer to each other yeah. uh, in terms of what it does for the actual gameplay of it all. Because yep. I'm not doing anything on Saga's case board that's drastically changing anything in the world. If anything, I have to put down those cards in order to continue playing a Saga. Mm. Uh, but as Alan, I feel like that is so much more cool when more it comes stuff, to... Right? She's a character. He's a writer. True. I, I, just, I just wish it changed... No, I get a bit more gameplay wise and and i just find alan wake's adventure through it all a lot more like i guess creative mm -hmm. um see i almost had the opposite where i liked saga i like how saga's thing is detective mystery i'm trying to figure out like who these cultists are and i am straight up detective gameplay whereas like when i switched to alan wake right like his stuff is more surreal supernatural i'm changing the environment doing all this stuff um and i think that's where like i almost wish that there are two separate games dude that's what i'm that's what i'm saying like yeah. i like 
if if you gave me a game that was only about Saga trying to find out what's happening in this small town and yeah. these murders, that I'd sounds be all in. What, what's so that show that you really like? Uh, True Detective. True Detective. I mean, that's yeah. some straight up like just true crime HBO type shit. Mm -hmm. And I know that they would have, but uh, as soon as you kind of throw in the Alan Wake angle, that kind of makes it all throws forward, a, that yeah. throws a really big wrench into it, a very cool and interesting wrench. But yeah. you know, this you're still throwing something in there, this variable that is like, who knows what the fuck is happening in this world? Like Barrett was mentioning, what is real? What is actually happening? How does this lady know me when I've never met her in my life? All that stuff is really cool and intriguing. Yeah. That was like the first big hit that I have in yeah. me. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. And that was like, when I told Alyssa that, that was what brought her in. I'm like, yeah. whoa, that's and, really and creepy. I'm hoping by the end of it, I feel a, a bit higher on it. Although like, I'm still very, very high on this game. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. I just, um, I don't think it's like as perfect as uh, yeah. I, I just enjoyed it's, playing control way more it's the thing too where like i i think i started off so strong on it and i am still like i'm i'm high on the game i think it's also just the thing of they have such good ideas of like the way like the way they have the title pop-ups the way they have like the the chapter and essentials with the music the way they have like i think the mind place is a good idea i think the um, alan wake's Writer's room is a great idea. Everywhere right? you like, look, it's art. Yeah, like art, art, art. And like that's where I come back for the best art or best uh, direction thing yes. for a video game this year. Where I'm like, y'all had same, like, ideas and you went for it, right? Like the whole the, the way the whole package comes together, I, I I could see places where you could do better, where you can improve, but like no other package looks like your package. Yeah, like this is such a some unique of, game. Some of its parts uh, a little bit. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Despite how scary it is and how much of a big baby, I'm probably going to be similar to to you. I do want to stick with it, which is like I'm I'm really surprised by. Like I've been saying to Greg, like, hey, for game of the year voting, like I want it. Like you love this game so much, I want to give it the like uh uh the time it deserves to to see if it's something that vibes with me. Other people in the industry who talk about this game, I'm like, I I, I should check this out, and so. Three hours in, I'm I'm definitely going to stick with it, and it'll probably be the main game I focus on for like the next, uh, I don't know, probably three weeks while I slowly play like thirty to thirty minutes to an hour every day. Yeah, <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, two games I want to knock out that I've been playing. This is going back to the PlayStation Portal thing, but again, I've been playing Cocoon and Sea of Stars. I beat Cocoon in one sitting. <laughs> uh, and you 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 beat Cocoon, right? Oh, you played yeah. that earlier. Oh, this yeah. game is incredible. Awesome. Like this game is fucking sick as hell, and I'm not like I. It's the thing where I expected it to be good because it's made by people who worked on games like Inside and Limbo, and Inside is <clears throat> probably one of my favorite games ever. Um, and I look like I look forward to that kind of game, right? Like, give me a game that, yeah, zero dialogue, all puzzle solving, incredible art style, and like ideas that blow me away by showing more than telling. And Cocoon, like, I, you get to a certain point in Cocoon where you kind of understand what's happening just mechanically of okay, there are each orb is a world um, and how that filters into the gameplay. And it is so cleanly designed in a way that I don't, I don't understand how they, they did it. Like, I keep thinking, like, how did you design this game? Um, like, where do you even start with this? Because it is like, as you're going, you are like, okay, I, I have to be in this part of this world to then be able to take this orb and put it here so I can then go to the other world and do this thing. And, and it's so... Like it's so four dimensional and how it wants you to think, and it works so seamlessly and easily in a way that I am I am so impressed with. My favorite thing about it, aside from everything else you just mentioned, I think it's like a legitimate genius type game that I couldn't even fathom how your brain works on a level to make something like this. Mm -hmm. The thing I love the most about it 
and it's something I struggle with a lot in puzzle games, is not knowing how far to backtrack. And mm -hmm. Cocoon lets you know very quickly that they're not going to let you backtrack because what you need is in this area. Yes. There's a lot of moments where I wanted to go way the fuck back to see like, damn, do I got to go? And they close me off and I go, oh, shit. Yeah. Good for you all. You're telling me that the solution is right here. I'm not going to go running around for an hour lost, not knowing what I'm doing, and then eventually give up on this experience. What I need is in this area. I'm just not seeing it right now. And then it eventually does click. And you again, you're just like, holy shit. The amount of like holy shit moments in this game I had were next to none. Yeah. This and game the, rules. And the art style, incredible. And like how runs great on Steam Deck. How uh plays well on PlayStation Portal. Uh and like how everything kind of moves and like it's so again, it reminds me it it feels like a game that it was made by people who made it inside, right? Like it's almost like in when I compare it to something like Somerville, is that what the game was right. called? Like Somerville had a lot of the energy. Like Somerville had had a lot of the ideas. It had the vibes. It had the vibes, but this game, Cocoon, also has the polish. And I think that's kind of what Somerville is missing a bit was the polish of it. Cocoon feels so like again, seamless, but also so well put together. Um and yeah, like I th th it's an easy contender for Yo, me. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um Sea of Stars. Barry's been asking me to play it forever. Um, I'm a couple hours in now. I'm having a really good time with it. Um, it's the kind of game that, yeah, like I want to play it on my couch, just like laying yeah. horizontal or you're playing. And, and that's why it was the perfect uh, Switch game for me. That was just like, I think the entire time I played through Sea of Stars was like in bed. Yeah. And, you know, I, I mean, I like it from the presentation, the story so far. I'm engaged. My guy, what's his name? Garl? Garl. Yeah. Garl for life, baby. My, like, from the get go, Garl I'm like. Field. I'm like this guy. This guy, Garl. I can see myself like being. He hates a fan. Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> he hates Mondays. But I think if there was a category for most wholesome character, Garl would win it yeah. easily this year. Um, but yeah, like I'm, I'm already like, okay, I like this guy. The art of it is really good, and it's what. Well, there's a few things, right? Would Garl lose to Rusty from Armored Core? <sighs> That's a fight, hey, buddy. Right Great to fight alongside you. That's a fight. No, no, you gotta keep playing. You gotta keep yeah. playing. See if okay, Right is, now, I would have to say Rusty. Garl is most wholesome, wholesome friend. See, here's my thing. It's like he looks cute as hell. Maybe, man. I think I might already spoiled it for myself. I was hoping that Garl would somehow become the villain, <laughs> just, based, uh. just based on how this thing starts. <laughs> where it's like he gets his eye cut and like mm. you know he gets separated. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna meet him in ten years. He's gonna be evil. And then you meet him again, and it's like. Awesome. All right, when's it going to happen? Like, I know you're going to turn on me, but it sounds like he doesn't. What's the total amount of time for this? Uh, I think and I can clocked... you make it shorter? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I clocked in just rolling credits because there is a true ending. Um, oh, fuck that. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, think good for them, but uh, yeah, it, it's like 30 hours. Oh, no, man. Um, I was trying to hear 10, man. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I thought you were going to say 20. And, and that's the thing is like, I, I do think it's worth it. And I think like the, the biggest criticism, criticism I have with this game, even though it is a top five for me this year, like this will, it, this is a strong contender for me this year is that the first third of it feels like a very basic hero's journey. And that's, that's like the first roughly like eight, nine hours. And then it's like, all right, like, this mm -hmm. is this is a cute story, whatever. But once you get past that first act, you're like, oh, mm -hmm. this is this is the this is the story. Yeah. And then you have that moment over and over. Oh, this this is where we're going. And it like it's so goddamn good. There's so many good twists and turns. Well, um, my last time was also making me like a little abridged version. <laughs> <laughs> God, I, every JRPG I feel like needs an abridged version. Uh, but yeah, I like the um, the traversal stuff too. Like it keeps yep. things interesting where. It isn't just walk from point A to point B. It is 
hop over this this um uh this chasm climb up this thing mm. like there's a it, there's a lot of platforming for a quote-unquote jrpg that's the other thing is that like if you didn't tell me this game was made by sabotage studio the people that did the messenger uh and if i'm not like i've met the like lead b behind sabotage right like if i didn't meet that guy i would believe fully this is a jrpg yeah like the energy is fully there the vibe is fully there the polish is there um the art style is great the i've heard a lot fantastic. of uh i was listening to the besties talk about it and russ frustrick talked about i think it was russ or or chris plan either talking about how many ties there are to the messenger like shocking amount of oh yeah like because it, it, it's in the same world yes. and but i they just weren't expecting they were expecting that to be more of a lip service type i i, I read up on like some of the like bigger world lore stuff like once i got deeper in the game because there's some things that i was like i kind of understand what's going on here but i don't think i get the full picture and then when i was reading up on like bigger lore stuff that sabotage is setting up i was like oh oh that if like you're into the messenger and you want to give this a shot, like I, I think there's some really cool payoffs for sure. Oh, yeah. Andy, I want you to take us home. Talk about both Armored Core and Modern Warfare Three. But you only have thirty seconds. I finally be <laughs> I finally beat Armored Core Six. I got the ending that I wanted, and it was everything I wanted it to you be. You got the fucking anime ass hype ending, and it is like easily a contender. And then. A lot of people, you know, Blessing told me about the multiple playthroughs and how things change. And a Dude. lot of people in my chat were telling me, Andy, but keep going. I'm like, y'all, there's a lot of games. But what if I did just kind of start it over just to kind of see? Yeah. And then I kind of started over. I'm like, all oh, these boss fights are really easy. Now that I'm like super powered and I know how to play the game better. And then I just kept on going and kept yeah. on going. And I'm probably like close to finishing. No, never mind. I'm maybe around like chapter three of my mm -hmm. second playthrough mm -hmm. i don't like halfway through i don't know if i'm ever going to fully see it through because i already kind of spoiled myself on what the other endings are but i just wanted to see Dude, what sort of things change in the other playthroughs yeah. the weapons you get and play in your second playthrough gameplay wise man, are yeah. sick as hell dude, dude i had no idea about the laser dagger and that thing is so goddamn slick to have that three hit combo of gah, gah, shah, shah, and then back to shotgun like dude it is it is so slick this game is just impeccably made from software once again not even like the a team of a team this is the team that made sekiro that decided to let's bring back this old mech franchise we haven't made it a game of for like 13 years or whatever we made one of the best uh uh modern action games with sekiro let's put that energy into armored core and i think i think the story is so damn good as well like it is there are no cutscenes. it is all i mean well i guess there's like some in-game cutscenes. it's that very just, visual novelty yeah it's it's just your codec calls pretty yeah. much uh of characters talking to each other but i think all the built-in lore stuff is really fascinating the performances and performances are really good performances are great and i love the the character motivations I, it's very much one of those kind of gray area stories there is no right choice to make but mm -hmm. there's a choice to make based on how you feel things should happen and yeah. i think i think it's fucking amazing Dude, there's so many moments in this game too like, oh my god moments where it's like you know when i first played through it early on i was like okay i don't really care about the story like it's kind of fading into the background for me and then i hit a moment where i'm like oh that was cool as fuck and then i hit another one where i'm like oh that's really cool actually yeah. and now i start paying attention to the story because they do such a good job of like playing it low key until it's time it's time for something high key to happen and when that high key thing happens you're like the worm Damn. sequence i think is a top top three moment this year 
I, I totally agree. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's kind of what we're seeing a tease for. And, and, like it, CG, and really. it really is just Rusty saying, I won't miss. Oh, God. Yeah, I won't miss. Music stops. <laughs> explosion. Music kicks back on. Yeah, the soundtrack's phenomenal. I mean, even like in the first chapter where you come across like the big colossal, um, like. Yeah, the uh, walker, the that walker big sand walker thing. Yeah. Oh, God, what a game. Yeah, this game just plays with scale in really phenomenal ways. Uh, all of the customization when it comes to different weapons to equip and there's like an infinite number of ways. It, some people say it should have been RPG of the year, uh, <laughs> especially with the choices you're making. But um, I think it's phenomenal. The customization on just coloring your mech and giving it different looks. Like I, I'll, I'll tell you what, I put my mech up there as like top five mech in the USA. Wow. Of yeah. all wow. the Armored Core 6 mechs. This game kicks so much ass and I'm... Oh, so glad that I ended up going back to it because I know a buttload of other stuff had come out and it was like, will I ever get back to it? So glad I did. I just, I, I love that. Like I, w I had the shared experience of you playing uh, Elden Ring last year and streaming it and I would hang out in your chat a lot. The thing that we would always say is believe in the build. And I just love that this year we had like a follow up to that where it's like, forget the build. Yeah. Fucking for like, don't believe, believe in, in any, yeah, <laughs> believe in your heart, believe in any build. Change and to anything that God. will work against this enemy. Yeah. You have to be very, uh, you have to be very adaptive in this game. Oh, yeah. I think that's very, very cool. It fucking rips. It's still, yeah. it rips when it came out and it still rips. Uh, tell me about Modern Warfare 3. Modern Warfare 3, uh, is, I mean, it's m more of the same for anybody who's played old Modern Warfare games. Again, these are all the same maps. Uh, it's very disappointing for a lot of people. I see, I played about two hours of the campaign and, and it ended on a very cool story moment. And I was like, yo, this shit is kind of sick. And then it turns out that we were like 80% of the way through the story and there wasn't a whole lot left to see. Uh, again, what Modern Warfare 3 did to piss off a lot of people was apparently the campaign was made in like 16 months and it reused old map stuff from the old Verdansk Warzone map and it was just kind of shoehorning in story segments and scripted moments into these already made maps. So for me, I'm seeing these Warzone maps going, oh cool, damn, they're having us here at the prison. That's kind of cool because like that's from the Warzone map and we're getting these cool like villain moments and stuff and it seems like it's setting something up very, very awesome. And then it ends up kind of going nowhere because a lot of it is just, let's reuse an old map area and just kind of have NPCs talking to each other. And what I thought was going to be, I thought we ended like a fourth of the way through to a very cool campaign. Apparently it's just like one of the most lazy games done. So I'm not going to go back to the campaign. I don't, I have no urge to go back to it now, but multiplayer, I've been having fun with it. Like it's again, more of the same, nothing too surprising about it. I think my favorite mode that we've played so far is a new mode that I don't know the name of the mode off the top of my head, but it is a 3v3v3 mode. Oh, Cutthroat. It's called Cutthroat. Mm. Uh, it is a 3v3v3 mode where uh, you and two other teams of three hop into one of their usual maps, and uh, you're all at different spawn points, and if you die, you're dead until the next round starts. It's the first team to get three wins on the board, uh, three round wins, and if... The time runs out. You have to go cap at the little uh, area that they have. That's kind of like the, hey, this is the spot that you'll both have to meet up at. So hopefully there's a, a winner after this. It's a lot of fun. It's still so goddamn annoying that if I want to level up this MP5, I have to go to CVS and buy body wash or whatever. Like 
There's oh, just one of them ones? so much bullshit. This is Dude, I, I, the went most... I went to Chipotle for Street Fighter earlier in the year. No, I mean, it's not you, even you that. Go, it's you go like, to CVS, get some body wash. It's like the you want to... You want this gun, it's not unlockable unless you want... There was a great TikTok that's been going around everywhere where this guy says, I'm trying to get um, flash grenades. And in order to do that, I have to have this goal happen. But in order to have that goal happen, I need to flash three enemies. But I don't have fucking flash <laughs> it's, like, it's like the no, meme really of like funny. the uh, you need job experience on your yes. fucking resume. <laughs> yeah, but I, how can I get job experience that I haven't had a job? It's hard to get a job. Um, it is the one of the most terrible UI experiences I've ever seen. There, it yeah. is so hard to get around and find out what you're doing. And they try. That's not for a lack of trying, because like at the beginning of the game, they have all those like bloom, click here to find Blat, and you hit OK, and you confirm that. Bloom, click here on the bottom left, and this is where you find your whatever the hell. It is just still so convoluted, and it still feels like three or five different developers not knowing where to take this game. Um, it's messy as hell. Once you get into the games, they're fun, but my God, trying to level anything up feels like the most biggest of chores. And I hopped into a couple of matches last night and saw what I needed to do to level up that gun. I'm like, this, I don't want this right now. This is not for me. You had me in, and then you unsold. Like, you, you, the 3v3v3 thing sounds incredible. Just hop into that. Yeah. Just hop into that. Yeah. It's, okay. it's, it's a lot of fun when you're actually in the game. Again, the gameplay is very similar. They added, uh, they improved the movement back from what Modern Warfare 2 had done, where they had taken away a lot of, like, the, 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 what the movement gods loved about it, which is like the annoying shit that when I get killed by somebody and I see their kill cam and I'm like, oh, you're one of these fuckers. Like, mm. go, please go touch grass. Um, I, it's, it's great when you're in there, but everything else is just kind of a mess and super unfun to see what I have to level up. And I just don't, I'm just not about that life anymore, it. you know? Sorry. How'd you, how'd you like uh, Armor Core on the portal, by the way, just now? I see what you're saying about it kind of hurting your eyes. Yeah. Mm, I had the same yeah. issue. I think response time, pretty uh, pretty decent, like pretty good. Uh, not what you'd see if you were playing on a console, obviously, but artifact like not yeah. terrible. Not unplayable. Like, no, you, not e you could totally play it. Like Not this. even artifacting. It felt like I was getting... Um, you know, like the way a movie looks when you <laughs> don't have. I've been on this whole time. I've been, I've been getting shot. <laughs> you know the way a movie looks when you don't have your 3D glasses on. Mm. And a lot of the the fast movement in that game was kind of giving me that effect, and it was kind of hurting my eyes a little bit. Gotcha. Uh, really quick, uh, blessing. Mm. One thing I want to shout out really, uh, really fast is the final Mario Kart 8 DLC uh, came out last week. Oh. Nothing really to like write home about. With, uh, yeah, new racers or the racers from uh, Mario Kart Tour are now in there um, and all that. Um, the new tracks are solid. They're always uh, Mario Kart tracks are always fun. I think it's like the the big highlight was the Rainbow Road from I think Mario Kart. Ooh, I think it's Wii. Wii. Yeah. There's some. There are like two or three Mario like uh, Rainbow Road tracks that all kind of blend together because they're all like very like moon focused yeah um they're all roads and the but rainbows the big thing that hit me though was uh credits hit when i uh, i three starred uh 200 uh cc and credits rolled when i uh did what? the last uh <laughs> fucking uh That's thing weird. and well i imagine credits hit like 100 cc or 150 or whatever i just happened to be playing on 200 um and credits hit for the full dlc and all this stuff and it yeah. was like and the credits was kind of like themed around like a wooden uh like 
cart box or whatever, and there was like stickers on it and stuff, and it felt like. Oh, they're like, this they're packing the it up, man. Like, this is the end of an era I, kind of thing, which is like, it hit me a little bit. I was I'm like, say, I might shed tears. If I, hit, if I like 200 cc and everything and I got there and they started doing credits and the credits was like, yeah, we're, we're done here. I'd, it, I get emotional. It was kind of a moment. That's really all I have to say about it, where it was like, it really hit me. of like, yeah, you've been this playing game's this game for out. 15 years. Yeah, <laughs> this game's been like, out for like nearly a decade. This and game came like, out when I was in college. Yeah, this game, came, like, this game came out almost a decade ago, and then it got repackaged with the Switch, and then we essentially got like an entire new game. Dude, I've been th just through the DLC. I've been seeing tweets of people tweeting screenshots of um, vanilla, which is crazy to say, vanilla Mario Kart 8. <laughs> And like just like the eight different um, Grand Prix tracks or whatever, yeah. Grand Prix that were available, and like the small ass uh, character roster. Yeah, people were like, and then imagine, now, like and you take that <laughs> and you like compare it to now. People were like, yeah, how do you how do you make Mario Kart Nine without having it be what Mario Kart Eight Deluxe Dude, is? Dude, and that like that's the like the question we've been having with uh, Smash for the last couple of years with the recent Smash. It's like, how do you follow this up? So I don't know. That I just wanted to shout that out of like this, specifically Madden, the Madden and Two K do it every year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just wanted to shout that out because that like rolling credits on the mario kart 8 dlc was like i did not expect to have credits but then to have it be this like weird kind of like oh shit it's they're packing it up man it was emotional end of an era we're gonna pack up this episode because we're at the end of an era uh let me know how you feel about playstation portal in the comments below are you excited about it are you curious about it did i sell you did i unsell you let me know i'm curious about your thoughts uh, of course, I've been blessing Adelia Jr. That's been Barrett Courtney. That's been the one and only Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. And this has been Kind of Funny Games Cast. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.